this episode of Brosens. Can you dig a hole wrong two times in a row? Stick around, find out. What's up? Hey, man. What's going on? What's going on? How's your week been? Fighting the head cold. Fighting the head cold. Uh, fighting the kidney stones. Fighting everything. But uh, I'm okay. So I hey. got some water. I took some drugs, illegal drugs. Not the bad kind, the good kind. I'm all right. We're 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 just like starting to have a pattern here of episodes, medicated ex- episodes. <laughs> Change the name yep. from from uh, Brosens the Gen X podcast to Brosens the Medicaid podcast. It's, it's what hurts what, this week. What hurts this week? <laughs> this I know it is fun. Geritol. <laughs> no, oh lord! Now there's there's a throwback, right? Yeah. Geritol. Yep. <laughs> you know, and it's bad. I mean, when we were kids, right? It was it was um, it was a lot of oh yeah. It's like you go out, ride your bike, no helmet. Jump ramps, you fall down, break your arm. You're like, yeah, I'll be all right. And now it's like, you come in, it's like, oh, God, I pulled my back. Well, what did you do? Are you like lifting something? No, I sneezed. Rolled over. <laughs> Stretched. Rolled over. Well, what was it this week I told you? Uh, so I took the kids to school, and it was raining, and it was cold. It was in on the 50s. I say cold. It's in the 50s. And uh, <laughs> so apparently this joint, this one now also has arthritis. So I turned on my heated steering wheel. Oh. <laughs> because my hand hurt it worked hey it works right <laughs> so that's uh for all of you gen z gen alpha and maybe even millennials still trying to get there have faith you too can afford a heated steering wheel for your arthritis one day you can get there you, you can do it i got faith so i have to ask is geritol even still around i, I think it is yeah I, I do i think uh i think it is because i'm sure a lot of folks are going yeah. Anyway, one of those things that just keeps <laughs> existing. You're not sure how. BlackRock probably invested in it, State Street, and just could keep living or on Kraft. forever. Kraft, Kraft. Johnson and Johnson. Isn't sense. that Monsanto? Like whatever. I think so. All right, folks. Whatever. Welcome to episode seven. <laughs> hopefully you've hopefully you've caught up. You've you've gone through one through six. If you haven't, go back watch episode six. Last week was really interesting. Um, definitely not a very planned episode. We kind of shot from the hip. Talk about a lot space of talk time. about space time continuum, uh, back to the future, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Mandela effect. A lot of did this really happen, and where is time gone? Time dilation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. I mean, yeah, it's, it was fun. I mean, I think everybody thinks about about those things, and the older you get, just just keeps on trucking. 
So, so interesting story this week about, about, uh, time anyway, I kind of thinking about it and it, it really kind of, you know, we talk a little bit about what, what kind of triggers Gen X flashbacks or nostalgia. And I, I had, uh, my son and I, uh, well, two of my sons, uh, Sean and Michael, we went to preseason hockey game on Wednesday night. And while I was sitting there at, at the, uh, arena, they had the big ad flash up for, for con- concert that's coming up and it, it it's journey and toto right um what special guest toto maybe yeah correct so and and for those of you who know my me and my youngest son michael he's he's a quite a bit of an old soul he absolutely loves old, old music so when he saw journey was coming he was like oh dad can we go can we go he's a 13 year old kid right he wants to go see journey so I'm like, cool. So I go to, I'm like, I'm going to go check with the tickets. All right, Mike, they go pre-sale, right? So I pull them up and, and the concert is the 50th anniversary tour. I'm like, no, no, 50. Really? 50? Yeah, that would be about right. I mean, the other thing, Journey was from the early 70s. So when they got yep. kind of started, um, uh, Anyway, so that just got me thinking, right? I was thinking about, you know, concerts. <laughs> it, it, you know, when I looked at the ticket prices, like nosebleed, furthest away, nosebleed seats were like 48 bucks. And that's before, you know, all the fees got tacked on. To oh, it, right? You remember yeah, the days of concert tickets? Literally, it was like 10 bucks. And I'm not talking about little tiny venues. Yeah, where you go and see, you know, some no name, you know, cover band. I mean, you're you're talking 10, 20 bucks. You could get decent seats and see Motley Crue. You know, ACDC. I mean, what? Uh, uh, it's it's corporate. You know, there, there was I mean, not this, that could be a whole nother show. Yeah. But yeah, you know, yeah. uh, concerts. <laughs> Billy Joel. Since Billy Joel, right before we started, Billy Joel um, sells tickets direct. He does not use Ticketmaster, I believe. Yes. I might I might be wrong with that, but I do know that he does not sell front row tickets or front section tickets anymore. He leaves them empty, and he has his staff go and find people who are truly listening to the music and enjoying the show and bring them to the front because bring he got tired front. of yep. the, That's all he can see, right? When you're on stage, you only see the front. You don't see the first couple of rows. Like yeah. It's the lights. Yeah. And so the lights, he got tired of people that were like indifferent out. or they were given the tickets as a corporate gift and they're on their phone. Like they just don't care. And so he, they, those tickets are not sold. So if you're going to get front stage at Billy Joel, it's because his staff picked you out. Apparently I've not been, I, I don't know, but I could see that. I wouldn't mind like, going I'm, to Billy Joel. Look, yeah, we, well, yeah. you know, it's, Concert things. We didn't go to as many when I was younger, and obviously because one, we didn't have a lot of money. Even though concerts were a lot more, you know, less, more affordable back then, but you know, we didn't have a ton of money, and you know, just it wasn't something where mom and dad was going to take us, and it wasn't easy for us to go on our own. So, didn't get to see a lot of shows until we got older. But now it's like in the, in the last several years, I've had more um, funds available to me to be able to do these things. My son really enjoys them. I mean, I've seen a lot of really good shows. I went, wife and I went and saw Kiss on their farewell tour. Their, I, maybe their final farewell tour. I don't know. This might be farewell tour episode one. I don't know. They just seem to Yeah, I kind of get, like, people keep doing show. that, and I'm just like, uh, you know. Uh, look, 
Gene Simmons, dude is an incredible businessman. Oh, Brilliant yeah. Mas- businessman. Master marketer. And he is going to he's going to make money as long as he can make money. That's <laughs> all yeah. there is to it. But it, it was a really good show. Went, you know, we you know, obviously the wife's a big Bon Jovi fan, so we go to a lot of Bon Jovi shows. He puts on a good show, don't mind it. Bon and um <laughs> Yeah. And then um actually the show where where he had um Daughtry open it for him in Greensboro was a really good show. Um and then, you know, we somehow managed to snag floor seats to Elton John in Charlotte. Yeah, last I, I year. want I wanted to go to that. Yeah, I was out of town because I was gonna buy tickets for it. And um Yeah. You know, oh it's my, my friend Jason. He's got a buddy that has a condo that overlooks uh, Bank of America yes. Stadium. They sat out on the balcony and watched the concert from the balcony. <laughs> yeah, it was. I'm going to tell yeah. you that was. I almost didn't go to that show. We we kind of wife and I, I we, we, we got the tickets going on and yeah yeah there were a lot of things going on and we were going to try to we were going to try to just you know it was like you know what it's just I I wanted to go but it just didn't make sense we were going to sell the tickets and and so we couldn't get rid of the tickets. I'm like, you know what? Let's just go. So we made a long weekend out of it. We went down to Charlotte and had a good time. But it, I'm so glad I did because that was probably by far one of the best concerts. Ever. You know, which is a good piece anyway. of advice. Like experiences, you know, when you think about your kids, right? So I've got younger kids. You're you're kind of done. But experiences are what matter. And <laughs> I'm getting there. You hear people say that. Yes. And it's tough. Like you want to buy your kids things. You want, but. When it comes down to it, I can tell you, you know, I took the kids to the park today and, uh, you know, Brittany had to work. So I just, it's kind of turned into a Sunday thing. If it's nice, I'm like, Hey, let's all get out of the house. It's a great little park up in, uh, more upper part of the County away from the city, just beautiful little park. And, um, we almost bought a house right near there, but another story. Uh, so they had as much enjoyment with that today. And they will talk about it all week versus if I'd have just went and give them a trinket. If I'd have went and bought them a cheap toy at Walmart today, they'd have played with it for 15 minutes and sat it down. And, you know, we kicked the ball with Frisbee swings. There's a lot of other kids there. My oldest daughter, Hadley, is a complete extrovert. Like her soul, her cup is not full unless she's had four or five hours a day of interacting with people at a very high level. She is an extrovert. She is a type a personality. I think she's made, it's still kind of young, but, uh, that girl, you know, we joke that she's the one who's going to be a lawyer. And, uh, we joke that my other daughter's, uh, Sophia is going to join the Marine Corps so she can learn to kill people. Uh, like that's really Sophia. It was, at least she'll have a lawyer. Other kids. She was on (laughs) her own. She was playing. She was building stuff. She was like, Directing her little brother, uh, very, uh, you know, and I mean that with all the due respect with the Marine Corps. Like, I really do. I'm not poking fun of Marines at all in that. Like, she has that level of grit and just, like, adapt, overcome, no matter what, and she's going to do it. Uh, so, yeah. But yeah, they would enjoy yeah. the experience today way more than any kind of toy. And so you going to that concert and having that experience – uh, it's something that I wish I could do more with the kids. You know, it's, I, I've brought it up that one of the reasons I want to buy an airplane is so I can take the kids up in it. And they can right. see that, like, this is an experience. It's something dad enjoys. We'd go on these flights together. It's something that's achievable. It's a goal that's not 
you know, you, it sounds so absurd that it's out of the world to people to own an airplane, but it's really not. And uh, right. so, yeah, it just get a few more ducks in a row the next few years. I'll probably make it happen. So experiences, that's a good, yeah, very good no, takeaway. And it's, Go to the it, it'll get it. It'll get easier as the kids get older too. Trust me. Um, yeah. Depending on your kids, right? Like Sean. Sean likes to go places sometimes, but not so much. He's more of a introvert. Kind of likes to be indoors. Does you know plays his video games, or whatever. But Michael. Michael loves to travel. And you know, all, you know, all of our kids have been, except for maybe William. No, William's been out of the country. So all the kids have been out of the country. Um, we've gotten to see some things. But Michael absolutely loves to travel. Like mm -hmm. it. It doesn't matter. I'd be like. Let's put it this way. We drove two hours to go to Bucky's. And if you don't know what Bucky's is, it is like this massive gas station. I don't know. I, I don't know any other Everybody way to put in the it. Everybody country the, should know what Bucky's is by now. If you do not know what a Bucky's is, look it up. Just, yeah. Got they, brisket they have, on the table. Brisket, fresh brisket on the table. It's, it's good brisket. Don't get me wrong. And yeah. the wall of beef jerky. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So, you know, you and I were talking last week, week or so, and we were kind of thinking of segments and, and, you know, kind of one of the things that we wanted to talk about. And um, one of the topics you brought up was, was, hey, let's talk about some books we've, we've read recently. And I'm like, Or, oh. you know, if not recently, books that you think are important <laughs> for people, right? I think, like, Dude, I, seriously, I think the last book that I fully read, well, no, that's not true. Um, I did read one a couple of years back um, that was written by my um, previous manager about imposter syndrome. So I, did, I guess I have read a book recently, but it's been a long time since I've just like read a lot of things and I, I probably mm -hmm. need to do more of that. Um, probably the last like really serious long book that I read was probably Hunger Games. I read that mm -hmm. series of books and then I read before that it was like the the little, the Green Mile, Stephen King, right? I loved horror. I yeah. love Stephen King. And so I've read a lot of Stephen King, but those, you know, that's all like, you know, for entertainment. So I cannot obviously. get into Stephen King. He's a great writer. I just, it's not the kind of book I can read. Yeah. No. And it, well, again, it's, it's kind of, kind of a little bit different, but, but you, you read a lot more than I do. And, and, and I really probably, it's, it's back off at, here recently. I need to, yeah, I need to get back on it. Um, I did before four kids, it was somewhere between kids three and four. I stopped. I would believe it or not, I would get up at four 30 every morning uh, and, and like, I'm not saying like that was every, like that was, I got up at four 30 every morning. I'd go make coffee and I sit down, I would read for an hour. I'd go get in the shower and I'd be done with my shower and ready to go by six in the morning, get the family up, get them moving. Now that did necessitate me going to bed at eight, eight, eight 30. Usually tried to be like out by nine, like knocked out. I, I, I need to try to cycle back onto that, but it's kind of hard. Brittany closes some with her job, so she's not getting home to 1030 or 11. Uh, we got an 830 bedtime for the older two kids. I mean, it's not almost nine, and we're just now getting going on the podcast this evening. I could probably make it work. I think that's kind of a bit of a cop-out, but I did enjoy it. And I also listened profusely when I was driving to work, when I was running stores. I had an hour, you know, 30 minutes one way, 30 minutes back. I'd listen to podcasts on double speed, audiobooks on double speed. Did read a lot. I, I, I was never that person in school. So I have faith for Waylon. My oldest son does not like to read. He just, he, he doesn't score well on his map tests, which is not necessarily an indication of anything 
Some people other don't than test his ADHD well. and doing well on tests, but he just doesn't like to read. So, and I didn't either for the longest time until I finally found books that I just liked. And I'll never forget it was, uh, I'm going to tell you the book, it was Ender's Game. Like I was in oh, all yeah. honors and advanced placement classes in throughout high school. And I hated Good reading choice. the assigned books because they're giving you classics and literary titans. And even the new books were this deeper meaning. And I'm like, can you just read a book to enjoy a book? And so finally my teacher's <laughs> like, okay, look, so the other English, the regular, regular English class is reading Ender's Game. I went to school in Greensboro. Orson Scott Card lives in Greensboro. And uh, he's going to come to the school. So it's like, but you have to read it at a deeper level. You have to read it at the advanced level. I need your reports and your work around that book to reflect right. what you've learned. So whereas kind of the regular English class is talking about the overarching themes, you know, we're down in the nitty gritty about like, what did this signify with Ender? And, you know, what did this color mean in the book when they describe this thing? Like, you know, the green flashing light at the end of the dock in Gatsby kind of crap, right? Like what's it represent? And uh, which is great. I mean, it's great to, you know, I actually get more enjoyment out of movies because of those types of deeper, you, you understand what they're doing in the movie. Uh, right, but uh, that book got me hooked on reading, and I, I went from there to reading. Um, uh, I've read just about every Tom Clancy book. Um, I was in my twenties. I've read every Hod Harry Potter book. Love the Harry Potter I series. I haven't even seen all the movies either. So the man, like the books, <laughs> are a bajillion times better than the movies, and you can Usually watch the case. Yeah, you can watch her grow as a writer from the first book to the last book. It's just phenomenal series, honestly. Uh, and I think they're good because they age appropriately with kids, honestly. If you start the kids like around fifth or sixth grade on the first book and they read one a year or one and a half a year, by the time they get to high school, like they've matured with the characters. It's pretty cool. Like it's, I'm going to try to get the girls oh, yeah. to do it. I don't think Wayland's interesting. going to, but uh, I, do. I do. I do like to read. I, I now mainly read nonfiction. Uh, I don't have... I'd say the joy for entertainment out of a book. I guess if there was one I really liked, I would, you know, or was really interested in, I would, I would read, but I've gotten so much more out of nonfiction books, self-help investing. Um, when I say self-help, not necessarily the trendy stuff. I'm talking self-development books. It's really super important, especially you work in the corporate world to never stop working on yourself. Um, mm -hmm. Books about how to, fix your own past trauma, damage, how to be a better father, how to be a better husband. You know, people pick up a book, try to make money, but we pick up a book to better, be a better husband. Right. You got it. You got to so, do it. So, yeah, no, my book. Yeah. This so is, what, yeah, uh, I was going to say, what do you got that's Yeah, this is a companion to... book to it, but uh, this is uh, the four agreements. And I wanted to start with that one because the four agreements profoundly changed my life as I was going through divorce. And I, you know, the little things, it, there's a couple takeaways from it. Number one, the two big things that helped me is really to understand perception that I am seeing the world and life through how I perceive it. And that includes all of the past damage that I've had done to me emotionally, um, 
physically in some cases. Um, so that was eye opening. And the other one was that I'm too hard on myself. Uh, I really, you know, be impeccable with your word. You know, everybody instantly goes to the external, but the book talks about internally when you beat yourself up or you internalize, God, that was so stupid. God, I'm an idiot. Like I'm a moron for doing that. We all have that internal dialogue where we beat ourselves up and you have to stop that. Like, and then the next part was just try again. Like you just, you keep going, right? Like you fall off the horse. It's okay. Just try again, right? Just start over and just never stop that. And those were the real takeaways from that book that personally impacted me. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I do that to myself too a lot. So I, I don't know. I, you know, I think I knew to, I like the idea of the audiobooks. I don't, I'm sitting at my desk all day and I'm usually listening to music. I, that's just how I focus, but maybe, maybe an audio book. I don't know if that'll work while I'm trying to work on some things, but other things, maybe it would. Um, I do replace when your, I do any, drive. Anytime you drive. Yeah. Just replace your drive time with an audio book. Maybe, yeah, maybe I'll try that. Maybe that's what I'll do. But I do, I do think the book segment is is possibly. I think we should put that in occasionally. Um, I, I do like the the idea. It might force me to re- read a little more anyway and put a little pressure on me. But you have a good background in that. Um, so yeah, put the put the name of the book in the comments so folks can or the two books and so folks can kind of follow up if they want. Yeah. If you got any questions on a mask? Uh, so let's do story time. We can so, link out to it. Yeah. Let's do that. Put a link in yeah, the, I'll put a, I'll the put a link to Amazon. Down below. There. I feel like I need to point down below because that's where the comments will be, down, right? Down, down below. Down. The, the comments down under. Pink no, nose. don't. Uh, can, can I pick your nose? Anyway. I'm crushing, I'm crushing your head. Over. Sorry. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> boy, there's a reference. Woo. <laughs> Kids in the hall. <laughs> we'll talk in about that hall. another day. Oh, my goodness. Uh, back, when things, oh. back when things were great. Yeah. All right. So story time so you, this week. Yeah, you had some interesting stuff go on. No, no, no. You go ahead. You you you're running the show tonight. I'm I'm over here <laughs> riding the pain meds, drinking my water. I don't know if I'd call it running the show. We're just flowing with it. So anyway, so <laughs> yeah. So I work from home for the most part. And this last week, so they're doing some road construction. It's been going on for I don't know, four hundred years around here. Um and Wednesday evening as I was coming back from the hockey game, I get off the interstate and I'm on the road, getting ready to turn on the road where I live. And they're putting out the orange barrels, you know, the North Carolina state flower and the construction barrel. And so I'm like, oh, God, get home, get everything going, you know, get the cats, you know, litter box cleaned out, et cetera, get the kids situated off to bed, sit down in the bed, check up, you know, catch up on some things. And next thing you know, the Internet goes out. And I'm like... Ugh, what in the world? I knew it was construction. Uh, so just kind of fast forward, next morning I get up, and this was probably 10.30 at night. Get up the next morning, still out. Make a phone call, you know, call AT&T, complain, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, they're like, oh, it'll be up, it'll be up by 10. Then it's like fast forward 24 hours later, you know, <laughs> from the night before it took, yep. it took them 24 hours to get, get the, the internet back up. So AT&T's like, I went down. So I went down when the AT&T guys were down. I told them, I was like, Hey, what's going on? You know, what, what happened? And they're like, yeah, construction crew hit a cable. 
construction crew was like, yeah, we hit a cable. They're like, it was a total mistake. Wasn't marked. We dug it up. We hit it. We thought it was, we thought it was a dead cable because it wasn't marked. So we just kind of moved on and buried it and went back about our business. So that's why it took so long because AT&T came back. They had to trace out where the break was. Then they had to wait for a construction crew to come back and to get back up, fix it, then bury it again. So it was up Thursday night at 930. So I get up Friday morning, blast through a bunch of work, trying to catch up Friday evening, hit the baseball field, coach baseball, um, little league baseball, had a game. And about 930, we're getting done with the game on the way home. I find out the internet's out again. The same construction crew hit the exact same cable. 24 hours after it was just repaired, they literally dug the same hole in the same spot and hit the same cable. And so, you know, <laughs> yeah, very frustrating. You can't, there, there's no, uh, there's no fixing stupid. Uh, <laughs> but so, like, having been in a lot of leadership, you know, being a manager of people for years, uh, which is not, uh, I mean, you were in the military, but uh, honestly, oh, it's yeah. done very well. But I have more leadership experience than he does. I have manage people for 20, 20 plus years as a, as this a is by design, manager. of course. I Yeah. Yeah. I don't, that. I don't blame you. I've been, I've enjoyed my last two and a half years of no direct reports. I think that's about ready to change again though. But anyway, so, you know, we, there's a saying called the right seat on the right bus, which just simply means that someone might be good at something, uh, but then not good at something else. And you got to find the right role for them. Now, I mean, you and I know, we know enough about construction. There could have been a, a million things. They could have fired the first crew. I got another crew out there, and then they did the same yeah. thing. But more I than likely, someone didn't document, again, that the cable's there. Right? Like you said, they, they go back and dig, and it was probably, a, obviously, a different crew. Or I don't think the same person would have. No, it, it, it actually it was, was. I drove up was there. The it person. was yeah. the exact so, same crew. Because I was asked yeah. the supervisor, because I talked to the supervisor. I'm like, what in the? Like, what I'm, are you doing? Man? Like, seriously, how can you guys hit the same cable? Well, it wasn't marked. I'm like, whoa. I get it the first time. I get it the first time, but it's not like they moved that cable 400 feet away, and you were digging in a totally different spot. Literally, they put the cable right back in the same hole, the right same line that you were digging in. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it well, was, and then didn't help that AT&T was very slow to respond, despite me calling them and saying, yeah. look, these guys literally cut the same hole. It, it, anyway, I think my point, you know, and it's kind of story time kind of t for me this week kind of hit, hit home. And I think we'll kind of transition out of story time right into the kind of the main topic, different strokes, right? Some people just aren't cut out for, for certain things. And, and obviously I think maybe that, supervisor or maybe it's the the backhoe operator i don't know whoever's driving that whole little scenario down there obviously might not be 100 cut out maybe not maybe they have a good excuse i don't know but it got me thinking right it's like these are blue collar workers and 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 i started thinking about it right we've had since the pandemic there's been a lot of like it seems like blue collar shortage right blue collar mm -hmm. worker shortage yep Folks just do not want to do that work. And it got me thinking about all the conversations that I've had over the years with my kids about being successful. And, you know, and then I look at each of my kids and I'm like, it's so for example, William, 
my oldest son. He just got a promotion at his job. William got out of high school, and, and he's a very smart dude. He's a hard worker. He's not dumb. But it's very obvious that William was not cut out to be a college student, a college graduate, a corporate worker. That's not mm -hmm. his personality. That's not his lifestyle. That's not what he enjoys, right? It's not just about whether or not he can or can't do it. Could he do it? Absolutely. I think he could, but he doesn't. He, it's just it's not what he wants to do. And I think one of the things I want to kind of touch on today is that need for blue collar workers that that need to, to not necessarily try to push all of your kids to have a college education. Now, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing and you work towards that goal, but if they don't, right? And again, this isn't don't push them. It's a if you you talk to them and explain to them the importance of a good college education, right? I don't have a four-year degree. I have a two-year degree, right? Um, we talked before, and we talked about you're a couple of classes short of having a, a you know, having a, what, oh, yeah. a bajillion degrees. I don't know, right? right? And yeah, and so, but the the reality of it is, you know, it, you don't have to have a college degree to be successful. No. And and William's a good example of that, right? He's he enjoys working with his hands. He's very mechanically inclined. He's you know. He's a hard worker. He'll go out there. He'll do the, the the stuff that he needs to. He'll get his hands dirty. He doesn't mind working hard, long physical labor. And he's starting to really, really reap the benefits of that hard work, right? You know, like he's getting ready to get married later this month, and, and him and his soon-to-be wife. You know, oh, she's doing very well. I know. Yeah, I know. Again, man, going going back to time warp. Yeah. There we are, right? Time continuum. Yeah, I remember. My, remember when I met William? You know, when you guys got to started dating and were serious, and he started coming around. Like, yeah, like four. he was. He was four. Yeah. He was four. Yeah. He was four when Jerry and I met. So, and he's yeah. he's twenty. Twenty. Oh my God! Twenty. Twenty eight. Twenty. I don't know. It's. Yeah. Losing track. Yeah, I mean, you're right. So I tell you, like, story time, right? Like, I, to relate to my story. So I was at the park today. And uh, just seriously, this was not planned, y'all. I mean, Eddie had not talked about what we were going to talk about tonight um, until right before <laughs> the show. We've just been crazy week for both of us. So yep. I'm at the park. The, yeah, I got there, and I'm swinging Carter in, in the, the harness swing. And talking to uh, another guy out there, and he's younger. He's in looks to be in his late 20s. And he's got uh, a baby and mom's there. And he's also got an older son who looked like he was probably 10 or 11. He's playing with Hadley. And so I'm talking to him and he's just chit chatting, getting to know each other a little bit. And he's like, well, yeah, I'm, I've broke my back in two places. I had to learn to walk again. And I was like, oh man, I was like, well, I'm glad you're walking. Right. Like I'm, you know, sucks. You went through that, but you've overcome that. And I was like, congratulations he's like yeah he was like but i'm just trying to he's like i haven't worked my wife works i'm a stay-at-home dad with the little one right now because it's about one their youngest and he was like but I, i'm trying to go to school and and he's like i'm going to devry and i really kind of think i want to get into like digital marketing or social media management okay so that's what i do okay and i told him i said well coincidentally i was like you are actually talking to somebody who does that. I was like, I work from home, told him where I work, what I do. He was like, really? I was like, yeah. I was like, now, because first question is, 
well, how did you get there? And I, and I said it on the other podcast, my career path is not repeatable in the sense of just very serpentitiously. I guess it is like you can network and get mentors and get to know people and really be super proactive, but being able to land that ideal role is tough and pretty fortunate. I did. I think the better route is what I told him. And I said, well, look, man, I said, the advice I would give you is go online to Coursera, knock out all of the Google certifications that they have. I said, so do Google certified digital marketing. I've done that one. I was like, go, they've got one in project management. They've got one in data analytics. I'm like, you're at home. I'm like, so just crank it out. I was like, then do ones from Meta. So for those of you who don't know, Meta is Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp. Okay. And I said, so do those. I was like, and then while you're working on those, donate your time to some churches, some nonprofits that need some social media help and document what you're doing. Document where they started, how it looked, and then how you were helping them, how the audience has grown, how you were able to put a social media campaign together, an email campaign together, how you're able to create content. You went through that process with them. I was like, yeah, it takes time. I was like, if they want to pay you or I was like, great, if you can get some money for doing it. I was like, but to get your foot in the door to show you have some relevant experience with it, I said, the deal is they're just willing to say, yes, he worked for us and he did this and we were very happy with it, you know, if in fact they were happy. I was like, but at the same time, it's like, whatever you've done in the past, and I think this is the thing with getting into digital marketing and social media management and really here very soon and, well, say very soon, right now, AI prompt engineering would be go to a career field you already know. Right. I'm in retail. I knew auto parts. So that's what I'm currently in. Uh, I, you know, you might be in restaurants. There's plenty of franchisers out there that could use help with social media. You could go work. Uh, I use Bojangles. They were advertising corporately. They're down in Charlotte. They were advertising for a social media manager starting pay $60,000 a year. Remote slash hybrid work is what they had. So you don't have to live in Charlotte. You can live you know, hour north, like I do two hours north, still a reasonable drive. If you got to go down there once a week. So I was having this conversation with him and to your point about needing a degree, corporations are slowly coming around that it's not needed. Like I see a lot of job postings and I'm like, why do you need a degree for that? Like literally it's a job that you would know as much or more by either working in the environment for one to two years, plus taking some certification classes, this whole thing of, oh, well, a degree shows that you can stick to it, right? That's what they used to say. It shows you can finish something. It's like, I mean, it does, but no, it doesn't. You can buy a degree. Well, it's just true. It you can show up the class. Maybe, and maybe it doesn't do as much for now. You. you can buy a degree. You know, you could yeah. go online and do a degree. Um, and again, this isn't like engineering doctors. I, I get it. There, there are, I call those functional degrees. Right. And that's where we talked about, like, as I look at my own children, I'm in the same boat as you, they're younger, but I can already see the differences. I don't think Waylon is going to be uh, going and getting a bachelor's degree in, in, you know, philosophy. Like it's just not going to happen. Yeah he's great with his hands. He's like, he's a lot like William. He reminds me a lot of William. 
great with his hands, very into doing stuff, always wants to do things, touch it, feel it. He learns better that way. So definitely going to push him into, if he doesn't want to go to a four-year university, a trade school. What do you want to do? Trade school, absolutely. CNC, you want to weld, you want to be a plumber, you want to be an electrician. You know, gantry crane operators at the dock make almost $200,000 a year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's funny. Yeah. There, there's, there's a ton, there's a ton of blue collar jobs out there, and yep. it's, you know, and you don't even think about some of them, right? And and what the pay is or the requirements to get into it, right? So I'll give you a good yep. example, right? I was doing a little research and I was looking up. So do you know, elevator and escalator installers and repairers, elevators and escalators, right? Mm-hmm. You install them, you fix them. Does not require. Anything more than a high school diploma or equivalent, GED, yeah. literally a GED. You don't even have yeah. to actually finish high school. Little to no, to get in entry level, little to no experience whatsoever. Apprenticeship on the job training. Um, and what would, would you even, just guess, just give a guess. What do you think those, the median pay? Well, um, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take a pause. I'm not going to tell the whole story. I got stuck in an elevator once which then led me down a rabbit hole because that's how I work about how this whole system operates. The guy, when I talked to him in the emergency phone was like two States away. He's like, I got a service truck. He's like, I'm on call. So understanding that the repair guys are on call and they service these massive areas. Um, Having worked in retail, I've talked to some people when they've worked on, I worked at Belk. We had escalators work on the escalators. Um, I'm going to say, Entry level after you're on your own. So you've done the apprenticeship. You've learned the technical things like for after a year, right? So say you're a year and you're out on the road on your own. I would hazard to guess that your base probably starts at 75, but you travel and you're gone so much that number one, you get a per diem. And then you're also knocking down bad overtime like linemen do. I guarantee they're in the six figures. After yeah, a year. Lyman. So the median pay in 2022 for, for elevator escalators and stars, it's just median pay, right? So it's an average. Yeah. Well, it's the median is 99,000 a year. So yeah. you're, I mean, pretty much right on spot, yeah. right? Yep. So, so yeah, I mean, and that's, that's high school diploma. You don't need a college education for that. You can get well, on the job training apprenticeship, plumbers. right? Plumbers, plumbers. And electricians. Oh. I mean, you're going to come yes. out after your apprenticeship at 35 to $40 an hour. And depending on where you live, like the unions set the rate. So even if you're not in a union, it's weird. Uh, like you might be knocking down $75 an hour to, to, mm-hmm. to do something and you work on your own. You know, Brittany and I, we've talked at length that when the kids want a job, we're going to tell them no. The first year, for 12 months, when they come to us with that, they have to go figure out how to make money on their own. Interesting. So they're, they're not going to get to go to McDonald's or Chick-fil-A or work at Food Line bagging groceries. They're going to have to go and understand that you can generate wealth via your own productivity and how to manage that, how to pay your own taxes, how to invest it, how to save it. And then after 12 months, I'm going to say, okay, if you would rather go and now have somebody else tell you what to do all day long during the summer for 40 hours a week, 
to earn probably less money than what you're going to get on your own, but you want the simplicity of it. That there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not. There is nothing wrong with that. I joke often. We, we were on the forklift thing the other day. I miss driving a forklift at times. Okay. Yeah. But fun. there's nothing wrong with that. But I want the kids to know by the sweat of their own brow that they can do that. So something like you take Waylon working with his hands. Hey, I will loan you the money to get a mower and a weed eater. And you will pay me payments on it. You're going to learn what a business loan is. You're going to make me payments on it. And you're going to produce your own, your own income, you know, or, you know, I used to, you know, I used to do a side hustle. I hit all the thrift stores and yard sales. and I'd flip stuff on eBay. Dude, I was knocking down $1,200 a month, like a few hours a week, like just side, like flipping crap. Yeah. There's there's so many things that you can do on the side nowadays too. And it's, it's, you know, when, when we were younger and just kind of reference back to the Gen X stuff, right? We, the, I, I did. I ran my own kind of business, if you will. I, I, mowed, gra- I mowed grass. That's what I did. I went around and I cut, cut people's lawns in the neighborhood. I took the push mower out, pushed it up down the street, knocked on doors, earned money. I mean, that's one of the ways that I that I earned money um, when yeah. I was younger. And Michael's Michael's expressed interest. He, again, Michael loves his money. He absolutely loves it. He will save it. Um, He'll spend it when he has something he wants to spend on, but he's always like, he'll go, hey, Dad, can I get this? I'm like, do you have the money for it? And he's like, yup. I'm like, you know how much it is? He's like, yup, I know. And there've been times where I'm like, he's like, I want to get this. He goes, how much is this going to be? And I'm like, you know, it's $80, whatever. He's like, yeah, I got the money. He goes, but I don't think I want it right now. I don't need that bad. I'll put it back. I mean, he's, he's learning good. The rest of my kids are knuckleheads. Love them to death, but they're (laughs) knuckleheads sometimes. Well, it's the marshmallow (laughs) test, right? The marshmallow experiment (laughs) is, if you, no one doesn't know what it is, but you want to know what to work on with your children. Now, they tracked kids from childhood through adulthood. I forget the scientists, the psychologists that did it, but you can just do, I want to say it was Princeton or Yale. It's a marshmallow test. Trust me, Google it, you'll find it. They take kids and they put them in a room when they were young, like four, five, six, and they put a marshmallow on a plate, big old fluffy, fresh marshmallow. And they go, we got to step out, be like, you've got a choice right now, though. We're going to be gone a few minutes. You can eat the marshmallow now. It's fine. You're welcome to eat the marshmallow. But if you wait, when you and you don't eat the marshmallow, we come back, we'll give you more marshmallows to eat. Pretty simple. Wait, get more than one. Don't wait, eat it now. So as they track the kids, the number one indicator were the kids about who was successful and who was not wasn't income level. It wasn't parents education level. It was whether or not the kids were able to delay gratification and wait on the other marshmallows. The kids that ate the marshmallow right now were not as successful as the kids who waited for the additional marshmallow. Interesting. Yeah. And so when I think about what I work on with my kids, Oh my God, it's a struggle because man, like to me, now that I know this, everything's a marshmallow. And I'm like, Oh my God, he can't do his homework before he watched TV. Like he's, he's, he's eating marshmallows. Like he's eating, he's eating marshmallows, marshmallows. Right. I'm right. Like, start saying that now. And that's just not really, it's not really what it is, but no, you it know, is what it is. <laughs> getting the kids to, to wait uh, and 
that delayed gratification it, that, that even in your own personal life. Right. So you think about all the crap I went through with the divorce and like starting over. And I'm telling y'all, when I say start over, I was broke. I had 50 mm-hmm. bucks in the bank account, living with mom and dad, didn't have a job. Uh, it was bad. Eddie will tell you, it was, it was super bad, super proud of where I'm at now in 10 years, should be a little less than 10 years. Should be. Should so, be. but what I did is I started like putting crap on the back burner and I'm like, okay, I got to, you know, so yeah, I, I think so with the kids, that's, that's a, I mean, I don't know. Your kids are grown now. So as you sit there and look at them, I mean, you sat there and talked about Michael being able to go, no, nah, I think I'll wait Um, compared to, I don't want to call anybody out, but no, they're, know. they're all What's, a little bit different. So yeah, all four are. of the kids are different. They all got different goals. They got different paths and personalities. I mean, and you know, some folks, will, I, I'm pretty sure most parents will say, you know, no matter how many kids you have, if you, if you have kids and you have more than one, you're always going to see that they're all different. They usually are. You know, Michael's Michael's the, the athletic one. He's into sports. He's He loves history. He loves old music. He's old soul. Um, you know, we talked about the Journey concert. Um, you know, Sebastian, he's the second oldest. He's, you know, very musically inclined, more sensitive type. He's, but he's, you know, a little more techie. He likes, um, he's, he's going to school and he's almost done, um, with an associate's degree in, uh, web development. Right. So he's pretty close to that. He's only got, I think one more semester left, maybe two. Um, and he'll be finished up. And then, you know, so that's, that's kind of his path. Sean, the third youngest, you know, he's, He's big and big into video games, right? He just, well, and this is an interesting videos. story. This is interesting to me. The conversation you had with him on the way to get him enrolled in college. Oh, yeah. Change, change yep. what he was going for. Yeah, so he, big he jump. really... Big jump. But yeah, it was a huge jump. Yeah, he really... He was... For years, he was... I, I want to I be a computer engineer. I want to be a computer engineer. I want to be a, a game developer. That's what he wanted to be. He wanted to be an icon. You know, me being a little bit. So, yeah, so me being, you know, in the in the IT world and in the tech world, you know, I've got a lot of connections, a lot of people I know, um, developers, tried to provide him guidance, show him what to do, tell him what to do, had them talk to him. I'm like, hey, you know, here's what you need to do. But he never really seemed to, to just, he just wanted to play video games, right? That was, he enjoyed playing video games. Mm-hmm. That's what he enjoys. And, you know, I, you know, he did some computer stuff and him and I, one of his things that he wanted to do for his birthday is he wanted to build his own computer. And, and so it was a good opportunity for him and I to, to spend some time together. And we sat down and we ordered parts and put it all together. We, we built it from the ground up and he enjoyed it. But when it came down to it, when it was time for him, he graduated, he, he graduated from high school early. Um, so he had like basically from January till august to kind of take a break right so he just did work saved some money um made his car payments etc and then you know it was getting close time for him to register for school and i'm like sean have you have you really are you sure you want to do the computer engineering thing right i'm like don't get me wrong i mean it's a good career and, and stuff but i just don't know that that's it doesn't seem like that's something that you're really passionate about something you really want to do and he's like, I don't know. I'll think about it. I said, well, have you have you considered culinary school? Because he's all the time, you know, he, he loves food. He's a foodie like me. He, he likes to 
He's always coming in. How do I cook? I want to do this. And then senior year, he had to basically take a couple of electives to um, graduate. That was all he needed that half semester, um, or that half year, one semester. And he one of the classes he took was basically home ec. It was a cooking class, right? And mm-hmm. they learned to cook. He was like coming home, you know, trying these different things. He wanted to bake this, wanted to make that. And he got real excited about it. And I'm like, have you thought about that? And he's like, ah, I don't know. I'm like, look, I know you're going to work hard. I know it's going to be difficult. Um, the hours aren't as going to be as good as if you were a computer engineer. I mean, you, you're not going to be in a Monday through Friday job, obviously. I'm like, but, you know, if you're if it's something you enjoy and you're passionate about. He goes, yeah, I don't know. So fast forward a couple of weeks later, it was time to go down to the school and and kind of actually get his classes set up. We stroll into the college go into admissions and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'll be, I'm, I was there for support. I'm like, you're, you do this. Like you said, it's, you need to be able to do this. Yep. I'm like, you know, here's where the college is. I helped him find the building where he needed to go and got him there. And, um, he goes in and he goes up to the desk and the guy's like, are you here to register for your classes? And he's like, yes, sir. And, and, and the, the guy working by says, well, what program are you in? I'm sitting over there. I'm looking at TikTok. Who knows what I was doing? And he's like, yeah, I'm here for culinary arts. And I'm like, well, all right. I'm like, so you changed your mind? He's like, yeah, I thought about it. And so. I think that's the right you know, call. You no, know? I do too. Absolutely. He's he's very passionate about it. We've had conversations. And again, this kind of this kind of goes back to the title, right? Different strokes. I think everybody, everybody is going to have something that they feel is the path for them. And you may change. I mean, when I was in high school. If you had said, yeah, you're going to be a computer guy for your entire life, you're going to be in the IT world, or even more so, you're going to be a, in compliance at some point, I would have laughed at you. But, um, you know, when I was in high school, my plan was to go, or initially, I was going to go to college to be a biochemist. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a biochemist. I wanted to do drug research. Not that kind of drugs. The actual, the kind like you're taking. The you know I wanted to I wanted to help find cures and, and things the back of an RV, yeah, not that kind. Of, um, yeah, yeah, definitely not that kind. Um, so yeah, that's what I wanted to do, but you know, eventually I, I ended up down a, a path, and I've always been passionate about computers. I love computers ever since you know I could first start banging around on them when they were first coming out, and and you know oh, we, we were able fun, to afford man. one. Oh that's yeah, candy. oh my god. The old Coco Two, oh, and for those of you up with the cassette deck and yep, for those of you we were that crapping, are, you got a floppy drive. Oh god, yeah. So the Coco Two, the Tandy Color Computer Two. Oh man, that thing was that was a blast. I had to hook it up to the TV. Mm. Go look that one up. You want you want to have a blast from the past? Yeah. Look that up. The Coco Two. That was a uh, just that was one of my favorite gifts um, that I got for Christmas that one year. That was a lot of fun. Um. Yeah, and so, so yeah, I mean, every, I would have never thought that I would have ended up where I have. And, and you know, it's not to say that if you choose to go to the college or you don't choose to go to college, you choose to go to trade school. You also can go back and do other one things. or the other, go back to the episode that we just posted on career changes. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, Well, and I think there's that's important, you know, like I, – I, you know, I think back. So when I graduated high school, I started at North Carolina A and T, go Aggies, mm. um, in the architectural engineering program. Loved drafting, loved architecture. I still love architecture. 
Mm-hmm. Yep, same here. Uh, I, I think there was a lot of, honestly, me being burned out, living at home, being lazy, not enough discipline. I think I actually would have enjoyed that career field to some degree. And then you kind of realize, like, well, you're going to start off drawing, like, light switches, man. Like, all that crap's yeah. got to be drawn. You're you're not going to get to design the building to start with. Um, and really, as an engineer, you're just making sure the thing don't fall down, really, more than, more than anything. Uh, right. So... And then I went into law enforcement, which I, I did love, but that was a career field that is very taxing and it is not at all what you think it is until you get into it and you realize what it is. And it's, some people could deal with it. Some people can't, I couldn't. Yeah. And I think when you're young, I, how foolish is it to expect someone at the age of 18 turning 19 to understand what they want to do with their life. So I think that my trade-off is, and what I've said if the kids want me to help pay for college and they're going to go to college or they're going to go to some kind of trade school, it's going to have to be a functional degree. I am not going to pay for you to get even a BS in business administration. That's not a functional degree. And I say that because you can get a functional degree, say something like uh, nursing, uh, a four-year degree in nursing, and you can still get a business degree on top of that. You can get an MBA. My boss majored in music and started working in sound studios at about the time sound studios died and everything went digital and you could do it from home. And he went back to college and got his master's in marketing. So he's director of marketing now with a BS in music. So my point is like, if we're going to pay for a degree, like make it something functional, maybe you're not going to do that, but at least have a skill set like, Right. Oh yeah, I'm four year degree in drafting or architectural design or culinary arts or uh you know any kind of number of uh, you know two year degree imaging radar technician you know what whatever like something that you can just go do and that people will always have to put their hands on and I think that's that's my point I mean it would take a lot even for my kid to look at me and go, I really want to be a lawyer. Uh, and I, I got sorry. I'm going to tell you, I was listening to Dave Ramsey's uh, YouTube channel Friday. And this is scary. Right. This poor guy feel bad for, it, but I'll tell you about it in a second, but to go to law school, you're talking four years of pre-law. So you're going to get like political science or, you know, some schools have a specific pre-law course. Then you've got to get accepted to law school. You got to, you got to pass the the LSAT and get accepted. So depending on where you go, how much it's going to cost. You got three years of law school and the people who are smart get an MBA and a JD at the same time. You can't work. You cannot work. They actually limit the number of hours you're allowed to work in law school as an L1. And lawyers don't make that much money to start with. Uh, unless mm-hmm. you have some prestige or family connections and, and right. there's actually an over gluttony of lawyers right now in our country. It's not a lucrative career field to go into for the average law graduate. It's just, it's not, uh, and it's not what people think it is. Cause then you go work in the criminal justice system and you realize how jacked things are, or you yeah. work at the DA's office and as an assistant DA and you're a government employee and you're making $35,000 a year after seven years of your life. So flip this. So get get this poor guy's situation. 
he uh, on Dave Ramsey, and I'm going to relay this. So it's hearsay. Speaking of legalese, but this is the gist of the story. He calls Dave. He's like, I've got four hundred eighty-five thousand dollars in student loans for medical school. Dave's like, okay. He goes, the problem is I just got flunked out of medical school. He goes, I was in what basically down at the end, and he failed the boards twice. Medical school kicked him out. Nothing in medical school, and this blew my mind, is transferable. If he wants mm. to be a PA, he has to apply to a PA program and start over. None of it is applicable to go become an RN or it, it's not stepped. Like none of it applies. He'd have to start over and take out more loans. He's married and has a kid, right? He's in his late 20s now. Mm. And he is like, I don't know what to do. I, this is crushing me already. He's it's in deferment, but right. So the whole argument about student loans, you can't even file bankruptcy and get rid of it. This half million dollars in debt is stuck to this guy. And currently he's a biology teacher in a high school. And he, I mean, so he could get his undergrad discharged through some government programs as by being a teacher, but that med that $485,000 medical school. Nope. So, uh, it was, I, I put a comment in there cause he was like, Dave, Dave was stumped. Right. And for Dave Ramsey to he agree with you, not agree with him, whatever for him to really not be able to tell you, I saw, he's like, he goes, man, he goes, I usually don't hammer people. He said, you got to raise your earnings. He said, there's not going to be a way out of this unless you make more money. And I was reading through the comments and it was a short clip. Wasn't the whole show. And I put it in there. I'm like, guy probably needs to go into medical device or pharmaceutical sales. He needs to get real comfortable. He probably needs to spend about four or five thousand dollars and take like a Grant Cardone's level sales course to learn to really close big deals and get into pharmaceutical and medical sales. Because now he's got the background. Right. And you know, like he could talk the talk. I, yeah. Uh lady I dated, her dad and brother in the medical device business and her grandfather. And they made bank. Now they made a lot of money. I mean, multi multi-millionaires being in medical device sales and running those companies. So, you know, I think if he got a cheap MBA online, went into medical or pharmaceutical sales, but yeah, I mean, so the point about taking out a loan, everyone's like, I want my kid to be a doctor. Why? They don't make money. You know, uh, when Sophia was born, the OB that Brittany had, uh, couldn't afford anything more than Toyota Camry. She was like, I'm still paying for medical school. Um, she moved from New York because she was like, I just couldn't afford to live there anymore. So she moved down south and she just, they don't make that kind of money, not till they're older. And it's, yeah, debt. they, they have mean, to build, start yeah, off they have half, to build up half million, $600,000 in debt to, to get there. And I guess I think the only reason I would sign off on it is one thing about real estate is I could sell one of the properties and probably get about enough money to buy that the kids are to that point, right? To pay for medical school for them at that point. Right. But then what happens is they flunk out, right? Like, yeah, that poor guy. Like, shit. Yeah, that sucks. That's a, that's a really, yeah. really, really, that really sucks. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's all that work. I mean, you know, and, and heaven forbid, it's like, I wouldn't even want to know. Did he, did he like bomb it or did he just like miss by one point? Because it's like, if you flunk it twice, like maybe you just want to hope that the guy like just well, bombed it. Yeah. Twice. Well, he said, <laughs> well, no, well, yeah, I guess I don't think he did very well. He said that, you know, he said, as you go through school, 
you know, you're tested on what you just went through. He said, but at the end on the board, to it's be able everything. to recall stuff for four years worth of education, he's like, I can't, he's like, I, I can't do it. He's like, I cannot, he's like, I would know where to go look. He's like, I would know how to get a book and go check it out. And like, am I, was this what I remember? He was like, but when you're taking that test, doesn't matter. He said, you have to know. Yeah. And it's, well, there's, it's kind of funny because it reminds me of the old the comments. Like, you know, there are a lot of doctors out there that have passed the bar or passed their uh, medical boards. And they're, they're, um, there's some that were 4.0 and there are others that just barely made a passing grade. Yep. Those folks are still doctors. Yep. <laughs> it's oh, like, it's, so, a little, hey, it's a little bit scary. <laughs> here's one. Here's one. And I think this, I don't know. I know this is done in other states too, but North Carolina. So do you know, you don't have to go to college to be a lawyer. Does not surprise me. Nope. It does not surprise you, me. You don't have to go to have an undergrad. You don't have to ha have a, a Juris Doctorate. So in North Carolina, you can work for a lawyer in an apprenticeship. So think about the way people became lawyers before college, right? You can go and be an apprentice, work as a, as a law clerk, a paralegal under that lawyer, have them sign off on your work and your self-learning, and if I forget what the time requirements were, I thought it was like 4,000 hours, basically four or five years of working for an attorney. And if they sign mm -hmm. off on it and you pass the bar, you are admitted and you don't well, have to have a degree. I mean, it's funny because that kind of comes back full circle, right? When you start yes. talking about that's really the way the blue collar jobs work. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're right at an hour or coming up on it. I, I you know, I think, We'll kind of end it here. And my takeaway is, you know, to each their own, your, your kids especially, and this is kind of really where this kind of conversation comes from, is don't feel the need to pressure them to go to college, talk to them about college, uh, express the importance of it. Um, a good education really is really the key, right? Um, understand how your kids are what their learning type is, what their behaviors are, you know, are they, are they really, you know, is that something that that's appropriate for them or is a trade school a better route? Um, this country needs blue collar workers. I appreciate blue collar workers. And, you know, like I said, my internet was out. It was out because of some blue collar workers, but it was also fixed because of some blue collar workers. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of stuff that we need on a day-to-day -day basis that comes from blue collar workers. And, and, you know, so, you know, probably the biggest proponent out there, um, is micro <laughs> of blue collar yep. workers. Um, Absolutely. I, I, go read some of his stuff, you know, uh, that he has out there. He's posted a lot of blog yeah. posts, and his foundation, yep. his foundation. My, my, uh, yeah, what? absolutely. That, you know, it, it Find what's right for you or your kids, whether it's you or your kids, whatever. Um, help guide them. And, you know, if it's you that's struggling, trying to figure out what your next job is going to be, where, you know, you're, you're not really cut out for the corporate world, look for something in the vocational uh, area, right? Look for those blue collars. We need plumbers. We need Absolutely. contractors. I mean, this isn't good just about ones. your kids. I think you hit the nail right. on the head. You know, so there's a lot of different aspects of, 
of, of a trade and the way you can do that trade. Some make more, some make less. Uh, truck drivers, if you want to be an over-the-road truck driver, long haul, that's where you're going to make most of the money. But you also have the people that just day drive, right? They run from point A to point B every single day. And those, they don't make as much money, but they're home every night. So it's a trade-off. Welding. You know, at one point in time, I wanted to weld just to learn, number one, and I still do. It's on my bucket list of just random skills I want to acquire in life. (laughs) But, you know, you can either go work inside of a building and work in a booth and do production welding. You can learn to weld in the field, make a ton of money traveling, working six months on oil rigs, come home for six months and make bank. That life's not necessarily cut out for everybody, but I think you Under, can do underwater something welders, young, right? Like if, if you're 2021, yeah. Uh, saturation welding is what it's called. Yep. Uh, so if you're 2021 years old and you know, you, your discipline, you have delayed gratification and you can travel and you can just put that money in the bank. And then you come back and go now, now I'm set up, right? I just want to spend four or five years getting a solid, base and maybe one episode we'll talk about maslow's hierarchy of needs because a lot of the way i think about things once i learned that really i'm like oh you know the problem is i want to be a peer doing my best living my best life and i don't have the bottom level and a lot of people i see struggling in life like on the edge of homelessness or they can't hold a job they don't understand you got to build this foundation it's not always about what you love it's about just stability uh so yeah, I mean, so even if this is you and you you don't know what to do, look, don't don't be scared to take a step back and go. I hate computer programming, like I I am miserable going to the office. I am ill with my family when I come home. My wife hates like I, I don't like doing this. I have carpal tunnel. I freaking my head hurts every day. My boss is a prick. I just don't like anything about this environment. I don't like sitting in a cubicle, listening to someone clip their nails in the next cubicle over. That's a real thing. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, I've, like, I've been around that. Yeah, yeah. I know. Me too. So, and you go, what can I do? You know what? You got nights. Sit down, talk to your spouse and be like, I think I want to learn to weld at night. I think I want to go learn to run a CNC machine. And it's going to be a pay cut to start with. So I'm going to make, $27 an hour instead of $37 an hour to start or whatever your equivalent salary is. But it's Monday through Friday. I punch the clock. I go home, punch the clock, do the work, and I'm done. And the headache isn't there. I'm producing something. It's a skill that's transferable. You go from programming to a CNC machine. Like you're going to understand it really quickly. You know, you yep. just learn machining after that. So I, yeah, don't, don't be scared to take the jump and, and move uh, yourself either find the thing that fits you. And then as you look at your kids, just my parenting advice, I don't harp on my kids grades currently. I mean, they're younger. Uh, Once they get to middle school, that's where I'm going to have to start having some serious conversations about like, what do you want to do? Like, do you see yourself going to college? Cause if you do, this is what you need to do. This isn't me pressuring you that I want you to get all AIDS. But if you want to go to a, a nice university, you're going to have to get A's starting. It's like competitive, now. yeah. 
Yeah, and you're going to have to do extracurricular stuff. You're going to have to in school and out of school. You're going to have to make yourself marketable, which is a great lesson to teach people. Like you're always selling yourself. So, yeah, I mm. think that was a good topic, man. Yeah, different different strokes. Like, uh, and then vice versa. Maybe you're in a blue collar family and you feel a lot of pressure to continue the family business and you continue the family farm or take over the paving business that your granddad started or your dad started. And you just, you don't see yourself doing it. You don't like working in the heat. You don't, that's tough. Hopefully your family's in a position or a dynamic, or if you're the parent that owns the paving company, you can appreciate the fact that maybe your kid wants to go into IT. Maybe your kid wants to go into marketing or communications or journalism, and you got to let them be their own person because there is the right seat on the right bus for everybody. Yep. No, I think, I think you summed it up pretty good. It's a good call out there at the end too, to say, Hey, look, it goes both ways too. All right. I think we, we've probably, this may have been close to our longest one. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Nah, yeah, I think it's a good show. It's a good show. Had a good time. So the pain medicines helped. Well, that, that always makes it easier. So I guess, uh, We'll see you next week. Same bat time. Same bat channel. Have a good one. Deuces.